Welcome to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast with your host, Ed Burkeen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever and wherever you may be listening to us, you have your ears locked into the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast. My name is Ed Burkeen. I'm your host for these festivities. And joining me as always, he is the muscle of the podcast, future voice of gaming in Southeast Asia. He is the one, the only, the Hi, mate. What's up, the wrestling fans? It's time to talk about wrestling. And also joining me, he is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, and my very best friend. You know him from the cryptocurrency scene all around the world. But you can only find his wrestling stuff right here. This is Johnny Bonanos. What's up, guys? And are you getting tired of my tags on Twitter yet? Not at all. It actually uh, gives me notifications reminding me that somebody out there is thinking of me. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this show, this show is something we've never done before. This show is something that I have resisted doing for the better part of a year and a half. But since we all came together, the three of us, from outside of the WWE universe, it's only fitting that we eventually cover something outside of the WWE universe. So today, before Rampage starts, we're going to give our first ever AEW show. But we're going to start this show how we start every show, and that is with our one big thing going on in the wrestling world, Jaime what do you got? Jaime, what do you got? What's up with Bray Wyatt? Have you guys heard about his Twitter? No, enlighten us. Well, he posted a cryptic tweet. Okay. For those of you that can hear it, the background noise and the reason Jaime has elongated pauses is because there is a major storm going on in the Philippines, but Jaime is so dedicated to this podcast that he is showing up anyway, risking life and limb to bring you premium wrestling content. Uh, Yeah, Jaime, I actually just looked it up. The whole how he's still Bray Wyatt WWE and showed a picture that says it can never die. uh, We assume referencing the fiend. Good pickup there. Danny, what do you got? Uh, I I don't know how to explain this one at all. Enlighten me. Um, the question is is where who's Dominic Mysterio's actual mother? Is this all a cover up? Could this I mean, actually intrigued. be Jennifer Aniston's son, and no one knows it? Interesting. For those of you that don't know, the very very obscure. Reference that Dan just made in one of the tabloids in 1995, it was rumored that Jennifer Aniston and Rey Mysterio were an item. Can't make this stuff up. Dan and I found it on Twitter. Now, are we going to see a who's your mommy storyline? Because that I just I just wanted to give you an, an ed an Ed thing to talk about. That sounds like something that you would be high on a conspiracy of. Uh, you know what? I, there's a lot of paternity tests out there, but there's not a lot of maternity tests out there. So pretty sure we're going to go ahead and pass up on this one. My one big thing 
Rampage. And that's why we're here. Dan, I'm going to ask you this. Jaime, you're going to jump in later. Is Rampage Thunder? It feels like Rampage is WCW Thunder. It it does, sort of. Um, uh, just the quality of wrestling has me more excited than a Thunder would back in the day. Okay. I'm 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 high on a lot of the guys in AEW. I also just, you know, rabbit hole. I was on a rabbit hole on YouTube yesterday. And I just watched some of the, you know, biggest surprise entrants, the biggest returns of WWE. Just like a mm-hmm. montage that somebody put together. Right. Man, it's sad. It, it's sad to think back of all the talent that went wasted. Hopefully it won't go wasted here, though. You see, that's that's a topic for another day because wasted is just a really, really strong word. Jaime, give me your thoughts on this. It feels like it. Like it's it's under TNT, so they're creating another show for it. Minus the politics. You think yeah. with five wrestlers in charge, there's not any politics? Well, the fact that Miro is getting his spotlight, Christian is getting his spotlight. I don't even know who Del Sol is, and he's getting a match against Miro. So the fact you... that these guys are getting Whoa, 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 you don't know. Okay, Dan, would you like to educate him? I mean, are you sure you have no idea who this is? Wago Del Sol. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, I'm trying to give you an out here. Hi, May. Yes, probably. Um, you're not, don't, you don't know who Fuego Del Sol is. I don't. You know who Fuego Del Sol is. You you do. You do. Let's just Google him. You'll understand. You know who he is. We've talked about him before. You know who he is. You, 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 anyway, moving on. So Rampage starts tomorrow. And on Rampage, it's a pretty stacked card. Three title matches. Christian Cage will... Challenge Kenny Omega for the Impact World. Well, I guess it's just the Impact Championship now. It's it's not a World Championship because of the working relationship between AEW and Impact. Jaime, you know who Christian is, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of this match? Well, it's gonna be a match. It's it's gonna definitely gonna be a good match because Christian still has something to prove with his outwork everyone gimmick. And Kenny Omega has always been a workhorse. So it's going to be cross between Christian style and Omega's style, how he does it in Japan. So it's going to be interesting. Danny boy. Yes. Does Christian have a chance here? Because he's going to wrestle him again on sep- at the next AEW pay-per-view in September. No, he don't have a chance. You I love the match, Omega though. Here? Yeah, Omega rolls here, and I think Cage. May... See that? Mm, what has me frustrated is is. Here you go, Ed. I'm I'm about to give you give you a hot take for me on Kenny Omega right now. Okay. Kenny Omega for me right now is the Roman Reigns face champion of WWE. Obviously, I... Omega's a heel, but that's how I view him. I can't stand him right now. I I can't stand the title run. I, I can't stand the whole the whole gimmick. 
it, it's just not for me. I perf I just I'm not a fan of the the super heel Omega unbeatable guy. There obviously there's times where he cheats to win. I just I'm I'm the double champ and all that. It, it's just not for me. I I absolutely dislike Omega, and that's probably something that you never thought you'd hear me say. No, I I mean I get it. I do. I'm just uh, I'm I'm not sure I fully fully get it. But okay, I mean I I I see your use. I may. Do you agree? Uh, Omega's Omega has this thing like I feel like Omega peaked during his Bullet Club days, back when he was the leader of Bullet Club. Okay. Pre Cody, I think that was Omega's peak. I agree with you. I think that was Omega's peak, and he was also technically a heel then, but he was putting on great shows, winning clean. Um, maybe I'm just not a fan of like super long championship runs. I'm starting to think about this. Like maybe I'm just not a fan of super long runs. Maybe I okay. prefer like three months runs by guys, and then you know it cycles through. Not saying they can't have the the title again. But maybe that's just how I view it. I'd rather see, you know, it gets cycled through, new talent come in, more more people get built up. I feel like that's a better way to keep the product fresh because I feel like AEW is even stale for me right now. There's only there, there's only a few people on the roster that I look forward to watching. This might have to do with um, him one of them the will. Go ahead. Sorry. Does it have something to do with him wrestling in North America compared to him wrestling in Japan? No. Um, no, not really, because I, I, not for, not for me, for the reason why I'm I'm not a fan of him right now. It, it doesn't matter where he was wrestling. If this was going on in, in New Japan, I'd feel the same way about it. Um, one of the guys, I'm, I'm going give, to give you a cliffhanger. One of the guys that, um, I love to watch, we'll talk about later, later on. Um, but another one's Hangman Page. I just, I love the Hangman Page stick. Just kind of a, a regular guy that I feel like I could hang out with, with the way that he walks around with his whiskey every week. Maybe that's a slight alcoholic in me, but hey. Slight? Slight, slight. alcoholic, yeah. Okay, just as long as you say you're a slight alcoholic. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the second match, presumably, on the Rampage card. Miro will defend his TNT championship against in Fuego, or I guess it's just Fuego Del Sol. Uh, since Jaime doesn't know anything about Del Sol, Dan, educate this man. Uh, Fuego Del Sol is a luchador who kind of was brought into AEW uh, thanks to Sammy Guevara. Uh, one of Sammy's from what we see in his vlogs and everything. Uh, one of his good friends. Great wrestler, uh, but I think Miro rolls here. Jaime, you followed Russo for a long time. You've been a Russo fan. Tell me, has Russo or uh, has Rusev slash Miro gotten better? Yes, of course. Like he was able to channel his potential because I feel like he works better as Miro now as he was as a nationalistic character, like a patriotic character, like the hero of the Russian Federation, the Bulgarian brute. I think this is more up his alley. Okay. I also, 
Yeah, I also feel like he didn't get the pushes he deserved. He didn't get as much as he's capable of because I think Lana was holding him back. Lana, wow. You know, Lana used to get a lot of heat, right? Okay. Every now and then. So that's probably what caused it. So this is more Rusev than we could get right now as Miro. Wow, we're go- we're going Hot all take. the we're going all the way back because one of the discussed names for this podcast we were gonna do this in the morning and it was gonna be hot cakes and hot takes and so far you guys are two for two so give you a little bit of a background into the history of the show uh Britt Baker DMD hi mate what what what's your opinion of her. Adam Cole's girlfriend. Yes. That's your opinion? That's a disgrace. Let him talk. Let him finish. Go on. I know. I know she's. I know she's a workhorse. Like I've already. I've seen a picture of her all bloodied after a match. So she's really willing to take the bumps. Like she's just too indie for me, despite being an AEW talent. Like somebody like. Like, I don't see anything different. Like, she's like Candice LeRae. Oh. Too wow. Okay. Um, okay, Dan, would you, would you? First of all, let's give this woman credit where credit's due, okay? She is a fucking dentist. Like. Kayfabe, and... right? No. No, she's a real dentist. She's a real dentist. Really? Google it. I'd rather not. But continue. And she's also a workhorse, like you said. I can't believe you're saying she's too indie because you saw a picture of her all bloodied. Like, you watch any of her work anywhere. She she is a workhorse. She's going to be the reason why Adam Cole goes to to AEW. because Because WWE has not signed her. I guarantee but she it. She had appearances with WWE. Right, with she had appearances, and they've taken shots at her on Twitter too, wishing Nia Jax a happy birthday the day after Britt Baker won the title, and they have a the the gift that they the gift that they used was them pinning Britt Baker. Okay, come on now. I mean, that's reading a lot into stuff. You. You are one to tell me I'm reading a lot into stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, come on. I mean, come on. The That's day after she wins the title, out of all the gifts they can use, they use a but, gift of Naya power slamming her. And who, Okay, okay, let me ask you this. Whose fault is that? Who is responsible for that? The WWE Twitter. But who specifically? If you had to point to one person, who's responsible? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You honestly think, after Vince said, I don't think they're competition, that he would be so petty against one person to come with a memo to the WWE Twitter account and specifically say, use this GIF. Do you think Vince McMahon knows what a GIF is? Oh, now I'm I'm saying that he, you know, he has put the seed into okay, the ears. So you're literally going to sit here and tell me that Vince McMahon told whoever was the whole social media department, make fun of her. You think that? No, make fun of anybody him. on AEW that they can. That's bullshit. 
too I petty. I 100% think that that's I right. don't think Vince is that petty. I don't think he's that worried. And I don't think he worries that much about social media. That's Somebody handled this for him. This is some Uber fan that works in the social media department, probably an intern, that said, yo, we have this opportunity. I'm going to do this because it's going to make waves. It would be something you, you would You're do. agreeing with everything I just said. No, I'm disagreeing with everything you just said. It's not Vince McMahon's fault. It's some jerk off that runs a Twitter account that just so happens to have a blue check mark because he knows somebody in Stanford. He probably lives in his parents' basement, by the way, at me. He probably lives in his parents' basement and just sits there and comes up with this stupid stuff because that's all he can do with a graphic design degree from probably some middle-of-the-road state university. This has nothing to do with anybody making fun of anybody but some uber-fucking-wrestling nerd like like we are. Anyway, I mean, you were saying something? Yeah, the bottom line is Britt Baker not being with the WWE or at least NXT is the same reason that Candice isn't NXT champion yet. NXT women's champion yet. So there's... Like, maybe Triple H doesn't see an it factor in them. Maybe Triple H finds them too indie. Wouldn't he have given the green light if these talent aren't too indie? Like, they haven't really evolved their wrestling style. I don't know what to say to that, Jaime, because, I mean, he's the one that brought in Adam Cole, who was the king of the indies at the time. He was a strong backer of Daniel Bryan, despite what the kayfabe storyline was. Him and CM Punk didn't get along, but he was also a driving force behind bringing in Cassius Ono, who, king of the indies as well. I mean, Gargano, Ciampa, both huge indie guys that came in under his watch. Samoa Joe, it could be argued. But they were, but they were I'm just able glad to you're doing this argument adopt- for me. They were they were able to adopt their game, but they haven't. They or haven't. They still it, it's still the same. It's still the same 15, 20 move set for all of them that they did in the Indies. I will first class mail. I will first class mail you. No, you will not, because you do not have that kind of money. You're a broke bitch. DVDs, <laughs> so you can watch. You have DVD players there, Jaime. Hey, look at Gargano. Oh, Jaime's rich. He has a DVD player. Go ahead, Jaime. Look at look at Gargano now. They're comparing him to Shawn Michaels. Look at Tommaso Ciampa. He has that Triple H vibe. These are things that you don't see in the Indies. Like all you see there is moveset and spots and flying around. And Stone Cold Steve Austin got compared to Hulk Hogan. But just because you compare somebody to them doesn't mean they are the same as them. Comparisons are to show differences. Not just similarities. I can compare you to. Well, you're you're beyond compare because of your dedication to the show for showing up in the middle of a storm. And we greatly appreciate that, Jaime. I mean, I just think Jaime, I can compare you to John Jones, ball. but that doesn't mean I'm right. Uh, that's another good point, too. Let's move on. Enough ripping on Jaime. Let's move along. We kind of already talked about it, but Christian is challenging for not just the Impact belt, but for the AEW title as well. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. You know, Christian always had that one more match kind of gimmick 
if that's what you want to call it, in the WWE toward his very last run. And he got it, and he got a world title out of it, Jaime. Uh, are you a fan of this, that Christian is challenging for both? And does he walk away with one or both of them? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking towards... You, you know how former WWE talent become belt collectors? How about Christian becoming a belt chaser? So you're That's saying he doesn't win, he just chases the gold. Yeah, until he wins something eventually, which will be a crowning moment. That's not a bad idea, Jaime. Dan, you already said Christian loses on Friday. Any chance that he unsurps uh, at the next pay-per-view that he takes the belt from Omega in the AEW? I don't think so. Like I said, I think Omega's run's too strong right now. I think they think this is a great idea, but really it's trash. Now, here's something to point out. Isn't Christian on Impact Hall of Famer? He is. Soon to be. Wouldn't it... No, I'm pretty sure he already is, isn't he? Well, this is what we have Google for. Uh, it Wouldn't it just cement his legacy to bring the eight or bring the Impact title back to Impact, where he had just arguably, arguably, the most amount of success he had in his career as a singles competitor. Dan, it makes sense, right? Like, this is something that I would believe happened. It's not the dumbest thing I've heard you say. And he is not a TNA or, well, let me check. Yeah, he's not a TNA Hall of Famer. Oh, wow. But he, as Jaime said, he absolutely would be. Jaime, you agree that this would cement him as a Hall of Famer, correct? Yeah, yeah, it would. Just just another fact about Christian, by the way. He was the insane championship wrestling, the ICW Street Fight Tag Team Champion with Sexton Hardcastle. Can either of you guys tell me who Sexton Hardcastle was? Absolutely not. Adam Copeland. Who was also the rated R superstar. I love it when Jaime does the ring entrances. It's so good. All right, let's move along. Let's move along. Daniel, the labors of Jericho, were they as good as they appeared to be? I mean, the matches weren't fantastic, but the storyline, the storyline was pretty decent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it reminds me of the the storyline that MJF did with Cody when AEW was first taken off. Okay. Jaime, what do you think about him? You know, he obviously had the death match. He had a huge win over Wardlow last night. Got the crap beaten out of him until Jake Hager saved him at the end of Dynamite last night. What do you were you a fan of the labors of Jericho? I'm always a fan of Jericho's works. Like he's the master of reinvention and creation. So anything he does turns out to be awesome, regardless of how good or bad the idea is. And if any of our six listeners out there have anything affiliated with the AEW and want to put that on a T-shirt, we reserve all licensing rights for Chris Jericho, the master of the reinvention and creation. So we reserve the right to put that on a T-shirt. Um so I want to talk about each of these guys because they're going to face off next week on Dynamite. 
Jaime, I'm going to ask this question to you. Who is the best heel in AEW and why is it MJF? Uh, another guy who was able to reinvent himself. Like, he was just one of one of the guys out there that's just an indie guy, somebody in the indies. But he started becoming more character-heavy as time went by. I actually first saw MJF, I believe. Did he appear on Impact? I think I saw him on Impact. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yeah, I believe he was. Um, that's where oh. I first saw his potential. Daniel, so, I'm going to ask you I, the same it's question. Something I saw coming. Okay, fair enough, Ame. Is MJF, or who's the best heel in AEW and why is it MJF, Dan? So th- this was the other guy I was talking about. How I said we talk about him later. One of my favorite people to watch. Um, the, the stick work that he has, and he's so young. He's going to have such a long, prosperous career ahead of him. Um, I also add another thing that you probably won't expect me to say today. I will be highly disappointed if at some point in time in his career, he is not one of the top heels in the WWE. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I just think I, I, I expect you to be shocked for me to say that because I never want any, I never want to see anybody in the WWE in a sense. No, because you and I have both evolved quite a bit since the beginning of this podcast. And one of the things I think we both realize is the fact that, Nobody stays away from the WWE forever. And I think when Sting signed, eh, that cemented that. Yes, he only had one match. But Sting was the last huge name that never came to the WWE. And he came to the WWE. Nobody ever doesn't nobody ever doesn't come back. Yeah, maybe Cody doesn't come back, but you look at all the names we said would never ever be associated with Vince McMahon, whether it be again or for the first time. Eric Bischoff had a had a pretty decent career with the WWE. No way in hell he was gonna after what he said and what he did with the WCW, he came back or he came too. You know, you look at guys like uh Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, they came back, Goldberg, Sting, they all came. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Eric Young, for God's sake. Guys, you would never expect to ever leave Impact or Ring of Honor. And they all came to the WWE. Nobody is ever gone. Ultimate Warrior, he came back. Nobody is ever gone unless they die. And even after they die, they still come back for the Hall of Fame. After they die. Nobody is ever gone forever. When they when the WWE says then, now, and forever, you're either with them then, you're with them now, or you're going to be forever. And that's the way that goes. Because whether we want to believe it or not, they're the pinnacle of the industry. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about Chris Jericho. Judas in my mind, is it the best song slash entrance in wrestling today with the crowd singing it and... It's a be- I mean, it's just an amazing song. Daniel, best song in the WWE. Yes or no? Absolutely. Or wrestling. Not just the Absolutely. WWE, but wrestling. Okay, so it's better than, you know, some of the standards that we have, like Voices by Randy Orton, Metalingus for Edge, um, My Time Is Now by John Cena. It's better than John Cena's My Time Is Now? Yes. 
Interesting. My time is now is not even seen as best entrance. Oh, yeah, agreed. 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 Hi, mate. What do you think of the song? You've heard the song, right? Yeah, Judas. What do you think? I'm, I won't be surprised if he returns to the WWE using that entrance. He owns the copyright to it. It's yes, his song. Well, it's his band. He wrote it and he sang it. Exactly. I won't be surprised if it suddenly plays. Like, it all goes dark and then it's going to play You Were Beautiful on the Inside. That would okay. be a huge pop. Okay. Here's my thing. I don't think... I don't think Jericho comes back to the WWE until it's his Hall of Fame induction. When is that going to be? Five, seven years from now. Fair enough. You think? I I don't think he performs again. And I'm telling you, when he shows up, because he's going to be the headliner. I mean, that, that goes without saying. Unless he goes in at the same time as John Cena, which they're stupid if they put those two together. Nah, he's a but headliner for sure. You'll you'll have the countdown and you'll hear four, three, two, one, go! And then Judas on my mind, or Judas in my mind, plays. You're gonna see a hybrid of it, and it's gonna be just. I'm getting chills thinking about WrestleMania 50 when they do the 50 best wrestlers in WrestleMania history, and Jericho's on that list, and Jericho goes into the Hall of Fame. I'm calling it now. WrestleMania 50. What's that? If Jericho is going to the Hall of Fame, the Ayatollah. No. Oh, wow. Lionheart. The it won't be the Lionheart. Breaker, that... The list. Uh, no. It'll be. It, I. I think it'll be the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll. Yeah, the stuff he did right after. I'd say like 2003 Jericho before he left to go do his game show, before the band. But and right before the game show, that version of Jericho. So, so, so you think the end? Just because, like, I legitimately did get the chills as well thinking about it. You think we'll hear the? Dun, dun, oh dun, yeah, you're dun, gonna see the countdown, and dun. you're gonna see the ball go through the CGI tube, and then it hit, and you're gonna see him, his little neon out arms go out, and Jericho's gonna come out, and as soon as they cut to him, and he's got his head up and his arms out. That's when Judas, in my mind, is going to start playing. See, I don't know if they use that in the WWE, just because um, he's 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 never used it there. I'm telling you what, I think as soon as there is a regime change, the Forbidden Door is going to get kicked the hell down, and you are going to see a working relationship across the entire industry. I know it's probably just my dream and my fantasy, but hot can take, you, hot can take. Imagine. Can you j- just picture this for one second, all right? It's not even WrestleMania. Say it's the Royal Rumble, and all of a sudden, at spot number, let's say spot number 10, out comes Sean Spears. And you're thinking, holy shit, you know, th- he's back, the perfect 10. And then at 25, Cody Rhodes comes out. Or... Miro or Malachi Black or somebody else in a couple of years or maybe Kenny freaking Omega shows up and he's in the Royal Rumble never before in the WWE and AEW's here and then you get Eddie Edwards coming out and there's an impact guy here and you have Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega and Eddie Edwards and they're all three in the ring at the exact same time can you imagine Twitter Facebook, Instagram, whatever new social media platforms. Hell, they may bring back MySpace just so it could burn down. And then 
maybe a WWE guy just randomly shows up in the audience at, at Dynamite. Maybe they wrestle on 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 Impact. Maybe Nick Aldis shows up. But I think the Forbidden Door is getting weaker by the second. And I don't think, I mean, with with everybody, with, you know, NJ and New Japan coming in, with the Mexican guys coming up to Dynamite, with Impact and Dynamite having an NXT-type relationship, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before Synergy takes over. Because in the end, it all works together. I'm not saying it's going to be a regular thing, but we had Jericho on the WWE Network. It's a start. It is a big start. So, hi, mate. Let's get back on track. Darby, I I always screw up this guy's name. Darby Allen. I want to say Darby All In, because that's how you spell his name. Darby Allen, is he as good as what I think he is? And that's very, very good. He's like a cross between Crazy Steve and Bray Wyatt. Oh. Like that's... Bray Wyatt. Go on, go on, go on. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's in-ring ability or and Crazy Steve's look. Do you like Sting being his manager right now? It's a good fit, right? Yeah, it's it's got to work. Two face-painted guys. Okay. One Speak- entering the other. Speaking of Sting, Dan, are you excited to see him on Dynamite next week in a match? Mm, he, he makes me nervous every time he steps into the ring. I'm worried about his neck. Okay. I mean, is it something you tune in for? I mean, no. obviously, you're going to be watching for the tag team match between... Jungle Boy and the Luchasaurus and the Young Bucks. I know you're going to be there for that. Best tag team wrestling there is. Um, okay. That's that's an agree to disagree right there. But I've never been a fan of, you know, the leg slappers. But that's just that's just me. Um, but all right. Fair enough. I mean, if that's what you like, you know. That's what you like. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, no matter how wrong they are. But let's move along. Um, we kind of already talked about it. I got Jaime's opinion, but Dan, I wanted to hear from you. Rusev, Miro. They never let him speak all that much, but they gave him the microphone in AEW. And he's got some pretty impressive promos. What do you think about that? Especially him mentioning how he's only there to pleasure his wife. What is it? incessantly or repeatedly or something completely or something like that. What do you think about that? Are you there? Yeah. Dan. All right. We've lost Dan. So Jaime, question to you. Miro's promos better. Yeah, actually that I'm happy that they put a mic on him more often. Like he, he's, Gotta flex his mic skill. We we see his versatility because if we are going to judge Miro by his appearances, non-kayfabe appearances, Miro's quite a witty guy. Like, we know he could talk. Dan, are you with us still? I can hear you guys now. I don't know what happened. My audio cut out. Well, it's that storm that's wrecking with Jaime. It's also screwing with you, too, apparently. So talk to me, 
talk to me, Goose. What's what's up? What do you think of his uh what do you think of Miro's promo work here lately? I think he's always been good on the mic. I think he was he was underutilized in the WWE with that. Um he always knew a way to get himself over, whether it was a heel or a face. I mean, how many times did he get himself over by accident when he wasn't supposed to? Okay. I mean, all right. I get it. Didn't Rusev Day start from him before Aiden English sang it out? Yeah. It was kind of a, a joint effort in a sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that's enough. You know, I said I didn't want to agree with you about wasted talent or misused talent. There's, but but there's, there's sometimes there's, you just can't deny it. There were a lot of things that got really, really over that were discarded that could have been more massive than what they were. Cesaro section, which could still be brought back. That was huge. Rusev Day, huge. How about Damian Sandow? The Mizdow. Holy hell. Fandango. Can you imagine if Fandango was taken seriously? I mean, obviously he was never fully taken seriously, but could you imagine if they gave him anything good? Or even the fashion police hugely over, they just let go. Like, it's not so much that the talent gets wasted. And look at what they did when they went back to NXT, the fashion police. I'm pretty sure they were... I'm pretty no, I'm pretty sure they were NXT tag champions for a short period of time. Correct for a short period of time, yes, yeah. but it wasn't right. the same. I mean, it wasn't the same, but they got themselves back over there and they're doing good. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I mean I don't know. It just it bothers me a lot that it just it bothers me that not so much that the talent is getting released because that's for one, it's just it's what's going to happen. You know, you can't have guys sitting in NXT forever not doing anything. At least if you release them, they have a chance to go somewhere else. They have a chance to apply their trade. They don't have to keep up with the WWE's regiment. You know, they don't have to sit there and and stick to Vince McMahon's. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm excited to see what Murphy does outside of there. I'm excited to see what a bunch of these guys do outside of there, mainly because of the stuff of guys like Miro and, you know, guys like what Jericho has has reinvented himself. I'm sorry. EC3 has reinvented himself as well. A lot of these guys have, you know, I mean, it's just. I don't have a problem with how the or with. Talent getting released. Not necessarily how, but with that talent getting released so they can go elsewhere. I have a problem with how they're being portrayed and how the WWE is being portrayed as a heartless company that's just releasing these people instead of just making sure they have a job to waste years of their career to do something that they're not even on TV for. That's one thing that I agree with you with. There's a reason why there's a 90-day no-compete clause. They get paid for an additional 90 days. So it's not like they're releasing them and then never, you know, never not getting paid and they're not allowed to work. They're getting paid for an additional 90 days. Would some of them guys like to just say, 
screw your 90 day clause. I'm going straight to work. I don't want your money. Absolutely. But it's, you know, that I, I will say that I, I do hate the way that they're perceived when it comes to releasing talent. Does it suck seeing somebody lose their job? Yes, absolutely. But they're not losing their job and having nothing to do moving forward, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, 90 days is enough time to think of your next move. Well, and, it's, all, it's also... Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, being a former WWE talent, especially if you're one of the bigger names, it's going to assure you of something good right after those 90 days are up. Look at Matt Cardona. Yeah, I mean... He's a prime example. Yeah, that's true. Drew McIntyre when he was released the first time. Let's talk about Rampage and Thunder. Now, it seems like they're the same show. Except one's on thir- one was on Thursday, this one's going to be on Friday. One was on TBS, the other's on TNT. Outside of that... Dan, they're the same thing, yes? Yeah, pretty much for me. I mean, there's not going to be a huge a huge talent difference, right? It doesn't really seem like it. It's not like they're doing a Raw SmackDown type thing, which, in my opinion, if they do do that, that gets me more excited because of the way they use talent. Fair enough. Jaime, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. But didn't Thunder feature more cruiserweights during that time? Well, the cruiserweights were underutilized by the time Thunder came along on Monday Nitro, so they kind of had to to use that talent. I mean, yeah. And let's take a look at this announce team real quick, because the announce team for Thunder is honestly, or I'm sorry, for Rampage, Excalibur, who seems to be the... Corey Graves 2.0, a better Corey Graves for AEW, Taz, Chris Jericho, and Mark Henry. I mean, we've heard Taz as a color commentator. We know Jericho can probably handle himself on the microphone as a color commentator, but Mark Henry has, Mark Henry, like, Jaime, yeah, what do you think about that, bud? Actually, Mark Henry's a pretty good talker, like, He's eloquent, not not in promos, but whenever you see him handles himself handles himself in interviews and in press conferences, the guy can talk. So, in an announcer capacity, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad of an idea to put him there. Well, not only can the guy talk. I mean, don't forget this guy also did do busted open radio on. Still you know, does. Right, still does on Sirius XM. So. He definitely has the ability to, you know, yeah. to, to spit it on the mic. That's a live show. You know, that's not something that. Right. I now, think he'll be fine. I think it'll be good. And I love the fact that they're bringing in these older guys and they're using them in different ways. They're not doing what WCW did. OK, now let's look at it. If we count Excalibur as the play by play guy and with that quartet, I think we have to. That means there's three play-by-play guys on Dynamite to three color com- with no color commentators to three color commentators on Rampage. It seems a little imbalanced, doesn't it? Dan, I'm 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 taking that in. 
I mean, Jaime, what do you think? It's something that I would judge after I see it. But right now, at the moment, I'm curious about how they are going to pull it off that way. I'm with. I'm in agreement with him on that. I'm curious to see who's going to take the lead, in a sense. Okay. Because uh, somebody's somebody's going to have to take the lead and be that play-by-play. So I I really need to hear who it is and how they and and how they use their talents. Another thing that's interesting to point out, Mark Henry, at his biggest fame, not talking about when he was fathering appendages with Mae Young, not talking about when he was sexual chocolate or, the, or you know, in the Nation of Domination, or even when he was in the Nation, arguably his second most famous run. But when he was doing the Hall of Pain, he was a heel. Chris Jericho is, a, I guess he's a face now, but his best work was... As a heel, Taz is a heel now in AEW. It's a lot of bad guys on the commentary table. Will that affect things, Dan? Now, Mark Henry's the Mark Henry's going to be the the voice of reason. He's not going to be the heel in this situation. Jericho's going to be the pot steerer. You think? All right. I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm going to say Jericho's going to be the pot I mean, Taz, I think Taz, Taz is, is really good. Yeah, Taz is really good, but Taz has been a good guy on the microphone because you got to remember when he was teaming with Michael Cole, they were both kind of in-betweeners depending on who was in there with Cole being more toward the um, – I don't know how to say it because it's not really a bad guy, but rooting for the bad guy almost. You know, I mean, it just – I don't know. It's interesting. A lot of ECW influence there, too. Just just throwing that out there. Um, well, there's one more thing. but Well, a couple of more things before we wrap this up. Cody Rhodes is debuting a reality show coming up here not too long after this. It's Rhodes to the top, and it's going to be a reality show with him and Brandy following their life outside of AEW and how AEW got started and what have you. Jaime, is this a direct competitor to Miz and Mrs? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see that being being the case. Like Miz and Mrs is its own and Cody and Brandy it's they're their own. So if I'm interested in Cody, I would watch Cody regardless of what content it has like people are going to watch them for them not because this one is better than the other there's even a chance that the, the viewership the ratings aren't that far away from each other okay dan give me your thoughts i don't huh. i don't think it's going to affect the Miz and Mrs. ratings, I maybe it's a competitor, but I don't understand the point of having a competitor to a reality TV show. Um, I, I feel like it's going to generate AEW fans, not WWE fans, because I do feel like there's kind of that divide. People may watch both, but I, I don't I don't think they correlate with each other in that sense. They, they live two different lives. So, well, I think it's also interesting to point out that Cody Rhodes, his show is it seems to be it's gonna be more serious so it's just it's gonna be more serious and i think that's gonna be the major 
dividing line right there. The fact that, you know, one's a comedic act and, and one's not. So just while we've been talking, I've been looking at the win-loss records because AEW tracks them on their page. Now, Jaime, I know you're not quite 100% up to date with the AEW stuff. But Daniel, I'm going to ask you this. Who do you think has the most wins in AEW this year? Just throw a name out there, bud. Darby Allen. Incorrect. Although Darby Allen is close, he is 18 and well, actually he is not close. He is 18 and two. There's several with 20, with 20 wins this year, and all of these records seem just seem very impressive. And as I say that, you have to scroll. Uh, Brian Cage is 21 and five. Brian Pillman Jr. of the Varsity Blondes, he's 20 and nine. Uh, Christopher Daniels is 14 and two. That's interesting. Cody Rhodes is 10 and four. Colt Cabana 17 and five. Darby Darby Allen is 18 and 2. Colton Gunn 18 and 0. So how about that? Colton Gunn? Yeah. Uh Eddie Kingston is 20 and 6. Uh Evil Uno of the Dark Order is 20 and 4. Uh Griff Garrison also of the Varsity Blondes, he is 20 and 9. Frankie Kazarian 21 and 4. Jake Hager is 3 and 4. One of the few with the losing record, I might add. Uh, Kenny Omega, what do you think? How many wins do you think he's got this year, Dan? 22. 13. I was way off. He is 6-0 in singles, 5-0 in trios, and 1-1 and in tag. Although now it says he is 13-2, so he's 1-1, one one, I guess, in eight men. Um, the winner, by the way, is Jungle Boy, 25-7. and seven. He also has the most wins in AEW history. He is 56-28-1. Other 20, oh, uh, Lance Archer is 19 and four, just outside of that. Uh, ooh, I don't know who Marco's stunt is, but he's four and 10, so that's not cool. Uh, Max Caster of the Acclaimed, Jungle Boy. yeah, Jungle Boy has 25. Max Caster of the Acclaimed is 24 and nine, so he's second. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Miro is 13 and one, so that's Orange Cassidy is 22, 20. Two and one. Uh, so Paul, look, White. For your, look for your boy, Christian Cage. Christian, I just passed him. He is undefeated. He is eight and zero. Yep. So we have Brody Lee was eleven and three. May God rest his soul. Uh, Miro thirteen and one. Orange Cassidy, we already covered him. Uh, let's see. Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz, eighteen and three. What's your thoughts on Orange Cassidy, Ed? I reserve judgment. QT Marshall, no idea who he is. Twenty-one and three. Uh, let's see. Do you like that records matter? Not really. Scorpio Sky, nineteen and two, because they've never mattered in the history of wrestling before. Uh, Sting is actually two and zero this year, and that is a terrible picture of him. Stu Grayson, nineteen and three. And let's see. Trent with a question mark. Not sure who that is. Trent Beretta. Oh, yeah, so it is. Uh, Wardlow, 12 and 2. Let's see. As far as the women, uh, Abaddon, 14 and 1. 
Uh, Big Swole, 14 and 3. Haraku Shida, 16 and 2. Uh, Britt Baker, how many wins do you think she's got, Dan? Seven. 14 and 3. Uh, 17 and 4 for legit Layla Hirsch. Oh, there's a librarian. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris Statlander is 14 and 0. Although I think hey, she lost last night. Do you know what? Um... Well, let's finish this before you ask any more questions. Uh, Nyla Rose, 19 and 8. She's been a busy lady. Uh, Red Velvet is the leader of the female. She is 24 and 4. And then Thunder Rosa, 23 and 3. Actually, no, I was wrong. Tay Conti is the leader in the clubhouse, 26 and 4 this year. She has the most wins this year in the AEW. So you have that. Anyway, now ask your question, Daniel. Back to messages, guys, and tell me if you can guess who that AEW wrestler is. No idea. Jaime, any guesses? No. That is Abaddon. Hmm. All right. Now, which version oh, do you wow. like better? Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. A, I'm that assuming you're saying, oh, wow, because you just looked up her in-ring attire. I, I'm looking at her, yeah. Um, tough sell. I don't know. I do not know. That's that's an interesting question. If you have an opinion on it, let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, now, Dan, you were going to ask me a question. Was that the question? That was the question. Okay. Um, let's talk a few more things before we wrap up. Oh, dear Lord. Who is that, Daniel? It's the same person. Wow. That is quite a, uh, quite a difference. So let's talk about... <laughs> We've uh, we've talked a lot about Wednesday. Let's give you a preview of what's left. Jericho finally gets his hands on MJF. Jaime, you gonna watch? Are are you in for that episode? Are you in for that match? I should say. Yes, I'm interested. Okay, Daniel, AEW tag belts on the line. You're gonna watch the Young Bucks get creamed, right? Come on, the Young Bucks aren't losing that match. I'm telling you, this is the end of the Elite. No. Beginning of the end. What makes you say that? I don't know. Time. Although I will say one thing, and I'm probably going to change my stance on this. What is the next AEW pay-per-view? Does anybody know? Uh, sh- should be soon. Should be around SummerSlam. It's all out. It's September 4th from Hoffman Estates, Illinois, which is Chicago. Oh, yeah. You know who returns there, right? It's going to be clobbering time there. Uh, Well, well, all out. Now, think about that. Think about the name. We know wrestling does this all the time. All out. All elite will be all out of belts. I mean, Kenny Omega is still going to have his from Mexico and Japan. But... I so mean, here's my thing. I don't think the elite break up because I think with the. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. Not saying the they break up. I'm just saying they lose everything. Okay. And then I'm also thinking maybe you see Don Callis turn 
on them because that immediately brings the Young Bucks back as a face. Kenny Omega's back as a face. It'll be, and then you bring in CM Punk to attack Christian, and now you got a, a three-way going for full gear, which is coming up in November. So, plus you add Daniel Bryan to the mix because he his 90 days should be up by then. But I think he's coming back in New York in October, so that's a different that's a different storyline maybe for a different time. Maybe him and Miro go at it for the TNT belt. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident I can call that. Okay, we I'll I mean, be interested think? to see. Yeah. Oh, wait, this happens. Riveting stuff, guys. Riveting stuff. Can't even argue with me on that. But let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Hi, May. Well, I did argue. I said I don't think you're right. That's not much of an argument. You say that all the time. I mean, I, I don't. New. Give me something fresh. Give me something different. This is the first time we've covered AEW, and all you got is I don't think you're right. I mean, I don't think you're right. I don't think Omega's losing the belt anytime soon. He's going to have over a year run Whatever. You're done. You're done. Hi, May. Give me something to watch for. And next takeover 36, Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe. Are you making a prediction here? Um, I'm picking Joe here because Karrion Cross is already doing time on the main roster. I'm Daniel. just waiting for Cross's mega push on the main roster. Hmm. You think a mega push starts with him losing to Jeff Hardy? Anyway, yeah. let's move along. Dan, do you agree with him? Joe over Cross? No. Cross is holding on to that belt. He's not going up to the main roster. He's staying down. Well, I think you're wrong. But since you're not both wrong, I can't do anything about it. Dan, what did we miss? Um, well, this just in breaking news. Chris Davis has retired from Major League Baseball. Ooh, where was he playing at? Uh, he was on the Orioles 60-day DL list. So not a, I mean, I'd retire if I played in Baltimore. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm glad he retired. They just saved $161 million next season. I mean, they still got to pay him. No, they don't. If you retire, you don't have to get paid. You're not getting paid that money. That's why that's breaking news to me. I'm not oh. retiring if I'm due 161 next season. There had to be a, there's got to be a payoff there. There's got to be a payoff there. He's got a job in the front office or something, or he's a scout or, or something, but you're not going to turn down nine figures. Hi, May, would you turn down nine figures? No. Hi, May wouldn't turn down nine cents. I know what he's done for money before. Well, Hi, May also has a lot of it at least compared to his fellow Filipinos. So, you know, Jaime is rich beyond rich. Jaime, Jaime's probably got more money than me. I'd say he's got more money than both of us, but he won't ever tell us. So, you know, he likes to keep things close to the best and make us pay for everything. But it's cool. It's fine. You know, we offered, Dan offered to be his gay lover, you know, to bring him over to the U.S. But Jaime said no, but whatever, you know, ungrateful, whatever. Um, All right. So let's wrap this thing up. But before we do, I want to talk to you guys about something special near and dear to my heart. And that is VaultCon. September 4th at the Game Vault in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. You're going to be able to meet Axe and Smash of Demolition. You're going to be able to meet Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And you're going to be able to meet Virgil. And you're going to be able to meet 
Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's VaultCon September 4th at the Game Vault in Uniontown, PA. Stop by the store, get more information. You can also find both their Facebook pages for the Game Vault and for VaultCon. That's September 4th. Stop in and say hi. You're going to meet me and Mark Lincoln, too. He's a hell of a guy, a great wrestler. You're going to want to talk to him. You're going to be able to get Funko Pops, WWE merch. You're going to be able to get food, drink, and so much more. That's VaultCon, September 4th, Uniontown, PA, at the Game Vault. Also want to bring to you all's attention for the four of you guys that listen to us. There's a Facebook page that I have started writing for, and that is Tribune Sports. Tribune underscore sports on Twitter. You can also find them on Instagram. Look up Tribune Sports. It is a hexagonal logo. It says Tribune Sports on it. Look them up. You're going to get F1 stuff. You're going to get football, baseball, professional wrestling, a little bit of hockey, a little bit of basketball, a little bit whatever you want sporting-wise. We're going to give it to you. That's Tribune Sports, Tribune underscore sports. Jaime has also began writing. Jaime, tell them about your new side gig. Yeah, I've been writing 2K articles for Outsider Gaming. Like, they even wanted to give me a 2K copy of 2K22 when it comes out. So that's something to look forward to. So there you go. What's that website again, Jaime? Outsidergaming.com. Outsidergaming.com. Look for Jaime and all of his basketball stuff. Daniel, tell us about your pathetic little corner of the world. Oh, there's not much going on with me right now. There never is. Just chilling on chilling on NFT Twitter, making bags. There you go. So if you want some terrible, terrible, just terrible advice on all of those NFT transactions, get up with Dan on Twitter. Uh, a few things you can expect from us next week will be our official SummerSlam picks. We're going to call it SummerSlam by the numbers. I have done, and I'm not exaggerating here, hours of research tracking down every match, every appearance from a special guest referee, from a manager standpoint, from interference. I've tracked down all the matches, all the title defenses, where they've been at, everybody that's attended. I've got all that information. You're going to get all of that next week, along with our official SummerSlam picks predictions you're also we just recorded it we just released it yesterday dan and i did a watch along for monday nitro episode number one it was live september 4th 1995 from the mall of america tune in to listen to dan and i's thoughts on that show next week you're going to be able to hear the players to be named later podcast where dan and i are going to break down september and what to expect, who's making the playoffs, who's winning awards, who's going to be dancing in November as the World Series champion. Then in three weeks, or in two weeks, excuse me, Dan and I are going to once again cover the last hour of ECW's Barely Legal, the first ever pay-per-view in ECW history. We're going to talk about the main event where Terry Funk, won the ECW championship, capping off a tremendous and record-breaking night in the industry when a, for the first time ever, the third brand of professional wrestling made a pay-per-view. Gentlemen, great show today, despite technical difficulties. Love Jaime's dedication to show up in the middle of a pounding storm. Love Dan's dedication to pry his fat ass out of bed and grace us with his presence. You guys got anything else? Yeah. I've been out of bed longer than you have, bitch. I doubt it because I had to be at school this morning at 8 a.m. 
And that was up at 7.30, so suck it. Well, I was in the shower at 7, dick. Hi, Bay, you got anything else? Yeah, it's pretty much it for now. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, we we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Do all of that fun stuff. Check out our other podcast, the Players of Banana podcast. Find where Jaime's writing. Find where I am writing. And if you're not down with a Caps, Locks, and Chair Shots podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I have two words for you. Keep listening.